Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to bring you the latest information for guys facing divorce before, during, and after, including all things related to family law, modifications, paternities, contempts, you name it. Uh, if it's related to family law, we're going to talk about it here during this podcast, and we have done so over the last eight weeks. I start my podcast off, and this is no different as you are maybe a repeat listener, and that is don't take this as legal advice. Obviously, the facts and circumstances of your case may and likely would dictate something different than what we're talking about. Uh, this isn't an attorney-client relationship. This is educational, informational. We want you to take notes. We want you to take these topics and go seek an attorney. And my advice, as always, is find one who practices exclusively in family law, like we do. We are available for a consultation around the country, including the UK, via Zoom like this. We can do it via telephone. And we can also do it in person uh, where health and safety uh, is a priority for you. And, and of course, we want you to take advantage of that. You can find us on the web at cordellcordell.com or you can reach at 866-DADS-LAW. Continue to tune into these podcasts. We'll do this twice each week, bring you information like today with uh, Jarvis Johnson out of our uh, Georgia office on filing first. Welcome, Jarvis. Thank you, Scott. Good to be here. Yeah, so thanks for joining. You know, this is one of the topics that uh, I often will talk about in our live seminars when we used to do those pre-COVID. Uh, we'd have guys in the audience and we'd talk about filing first. And, um, you know, no matter where I practice, whether it be in Georgia, Illinois, or Missouri, and, and uh, I talk to other uh, clients around the country and in the UK, filing first is kind of on the top of my list, not necessarily to kind of encourage the ending of marriage, but really strategically. And that's something, you know, we I like to talk about. And I thought, you know, there's a good topic for you to share today. And you can talk a little bit, maybe start us out by talking about how you can kind of freeze the assets and how that would help when you file first for guys who are interested. Sure, sure. And, you know, I, I agree. And, you know, as you know, I, I have conducted thousands of consultations around the country uh, in, in the years I've been here with Cordell and Cordell. And this is, you know, one of the bullets that definitely, definitely are, are, are discussed there. So beginning with the assets here. Now, oftentimes, and in the two states I practice in are Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, we call them in Georgia standing orders. We call them uh, in Tennessee in, injunctive orders. So when you file for a divorce, uh, typically the court will basically take, take control of the marital estate. Basically everything freezes here. Uh, and you can't begin selling off assets buying more assets, uh, you know, moving, moving uh, significant funds, you know, from one account to another, uh, doing things of that nature. And what I find that a lot of guys who may wait uh, to file for the divorce, and they see it's coming, it's coming down the road there, uh, they'll see things like maybe the, the underemployed uh, wife or, or housewife uh, may take all the savings out or half the savings or, you know, uh, I had, I had, you know, I've had, uh, opportunities where one uh, took basically drained the business account. All right, so that was uh, that was definitely, and, and our guy couldn't meet payroll, and all this happened before the divorce was filed. And divorce had been filed, and that relief had been granted. The, the freezing of the assets, then that couldn't have occurred. And if it had occurred, there would have been you know immediate action that could have been taken uh, against uh, against those orders here. So I really encourage guys to file first so that we can keep those assets where they're at right here. And the other side of that coin is debt. 
All right. Oftentimes, uh, the wife uh, may 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 you know begin charging all the the charge cards, the Macy's cards, the you know this you know charging everything up, expecting that you're going to pay for all of that debt. Um, you know, uh, during during the divorce itself. So we can also file and try to avoid that occurring in these type of situations. So that's why I believe that we stress that uh, particular point, and Mr. Cordell does also in uh, in his book. Yeah, you know, it's it's huge. We talk about putting a Band-Aid on the spending and just trying to stop the bleeding a bit. I just had this conversation with a consult like you do all the time. You know, I would say if the marriage is over, if you've made that conclusion, then there are a lot of reasons like you just addressed where we need to take action, stop the spending, prevent the, the dissipation of assets or the, the draining of a bank account. That was the exact conversation I just had uh, two days ago or a day ago about it. So the other thing that's overlooked really is orders of protection. How can filing first kind of help with orders of protection? Now, orders of protection, uh, and sometimes they're referred to as uh, protective orders, temporary protective orders in the state of Georgia, uh, domestic, domestic violence orders in other states. It's a lot of different names, but think of it just as a restraining order dealing with uh, domestic, some sort of domestic abuse here. Um, oftentimes, they're used as what has been referred to as the nuclear option to try to remove the, the, the guy from the home also to begin the custody battle, all right? So include the kids, attach the kids to that so that you have primary custody of the kids and have removed uh, the uh, gentleman from the home. So by filing first, sometimes you can avoid an automatic presumption that that's gonna kinda happen here uh, in this instance. It, it kinda, it, look, it looks to be vindictive if you are filing that. Now obviously if the facts are there. Now if there's abuse occurring, definitely go and, and, and that's going to occur, and you're probably going to be removed from the home. You did it, you, you're gone. But if this is a situation where a divorce has been filed and basically a nice work of fiction is occurring down there where your wife has gone down and said, hey, my husband did X, Y, Z, and none of it's really true, the court will look at it and say, hey, it looks to me like that, it looks to me like the divorce has been filed here and that you're being kind of vindictive in this situation. I don't see all the facts here, so let's let this bear out probably in the family court rather than it bear out right here. So that's something definitely to consider uh, in this instance. Now, legally, you know, legally, you know, you have a right to be heard if, if it is filed, but if you have that divorce there, uh, there's an opportunity possibly for it to be dismissed or for the judge to definitely listen to your side of the case if a hearing is held. You know, it's interesting, this society, another thing we talk about is the, you know, our mobility. You often, now even in COVID, you may have a spouse who's gone to another jurisdiction. They may just be across state lines. You may have border states, those types of things, border cities. Uh, like here in St. Louis, we can just go right across the river in Illinois, 20 minutes away. Um, you know, jurisdiction becomes an issue, meaning that you may have an opportunity to secure yeah. the jurisdiction. You don't want to fight your battle in another city, in another state, uh, where people may have been there for a good period of time, right? That's correct. Um, now, now, as far as jurisdiction is concerned, uh, I have some pretty good examples with that. In Tennessee, where I also practice, in the Nashville area, there are a couple of counties there, actually, where you can file for divorce and, and select your judge, all right? So filing first not only has, has determined, you know, you know, where you're going to file, it also has determined which judge you could have, which could mean, you know, tons 
in these type of situations because that judge could be more favorable towards maybe a, a joint physical arrangement or custody, more favorable towards guys, uh, at least listen to our arguments here, and uh, finances-wise could be more favorable. So a lot of different things. Now, that's more rare, more of a rare occurrence of that actually occurring. Um, but the other occurrence is maybe which state, if both states have equal equal jurisdiction over the possible equal jurisdiction over divorce, which state you want to go to? You know, let's look and see, okay, is this one more favorable uh, to me for X, Y, Z reasons? So filing first gives you the chance to strategize and pick which, which court, so to speak, that you want to play ball in, uh, you know, as long as uh, certain requirements are met. So we definitely tell guys, hey, look, you know, if, 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 if you know, all things being equal here, let's take a look at this and let's decide where best to file. Yeah, because it, it could be out yeah, advantage with child support calculations, alimony maintenance calculations. There are all kinds of things that come into play here, um, especially when you've made the conclusion or reached the conclusion that your marriage is irretrievably broken. And that's why I always tell clients, look, time is not your best asset at this point. And a lot of things can happen that can go wrong, a lot of things that can work against you. And I think filing first in that instance is huge. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. Let's talk a little bit about the presentation of the case, right? If let's say you have bad facts, I've always talked about this at night that yeah. I'm, I want to get on the, you know, to the judge first. I want to tell my side of the story. I don't want to hear every conceivable bad thing that my client has done, whether it's truthful or not. Uh, don't you agree? I, I definitely agree. You know, be, be the first to file in, the, in these type of situations uh, because you will be the plaintiff and our petitioner, which means if hearings are held, then you, your side will be heard, heard first. And I like to say you can avoid what I like to call the Oscar uh, winning performance on the other side where you walk in there, you know, your wife, uh, in this case, we represent mostly men, your wife is, is you know, as beautiful as your wedding day, you know, and, and, and tears are flowing and, and you're the big bad wolf in the middle of those tears, by the way. So, you know, I found that, you know, when we are on the other side of that, oftentimes our clients want us to spend a considerable amount of our time, uh, you know, uh, uh, defending their character. You know, uh, so, and, and I tell clients, we have a finite amount of time there before the judge, a finite amount of time. If we're the plaintiff, we have a great opportunity to present our case, to stick to our roadmap and our theory of the case if we're the plaintiff here. If we're on the other side of that, we will probably have to spend some time rehabilitating your character and maybe throwing off a little bit of our roadmap. And a lot of judges do not like when you go over your time uh, in, in, in these hearings. So be the plaintiff, lead the action in, in that way. And you also, in some jurisdictions, can dictate the flow of when a hearing is gonna happen. Uh, you know, kind of put the other side on their heels, uh, be their aggressor. Yeah, you know, judges are, you know, they're human. They have an attention span, just like we all do. Uh, there's a reason why college courses are limited to whatever it be, 50 minutes, 90 minutes. I mean, there's just an attention span. You're just going to lose the judge. And if you're second in line and, you know, they're on the stand for four hours bashing you, 
that truth becomes reality, that falsity becomes reality, whatever it is, right? And so I would say you got to get to them first. Tell your story, you know, frame the case. You know, I, I always have a theme in my cases. I get that theme right out so it sticks and resonates with the judge. And no matter what's said, the judge keeps going back to that theme that they heard first. And so I think that's critical. The other thing I, I always talk about and I think is that uh, I treat this sometimes like a stock. Uh, you want to buy low, sell high, except, you know, in bad economic times, let's just take COVID, for example, a lot of people unemployed. We had record numbers. Um, I always suggest to clients, there may be an opportunity. Maybe you've been laid off. Maybe you've taken a salary cut. Maybe your overtime's cut. No more bonuses, no more stock options, whatever it may be. So now's the right time economically, financially, because everything's at the bottom. And so orders may be framed at the bottom. And so doesn't that come into play when you're thinking about filing first? Yes. Um, so, you know, I have a saying here, you know, divorce low, you know, if, if you can. And you, you went right into where I was going to go with that as far as this year is a prime example of that. We get a lot of business owners who are in here and they're not the height of their, their earning. You know, they're, they're, they're making it, many of them, but they're not the height of their earning here. And I say divorce low because oftentimes in these cases, you know, they're going to be some sort of financial disclosure here and, and, and the marital estate and spousal support, alimony could be at play child support could be at play. And of course, you know, your business, uh, it could be a marital asset that's, that's being valued here uh, as a part of, of, of this divorce. So if, if you choose to, to do this now, if you know the marriage is over with and you know that you're kind of on the low curve of your, your earnings, you know, do it now. Do it now. I like to say, you know, uh, they can't take what you don't have. All right. Now, that doesn't mean that you voluntarily you know, reduce uh, your income. You voluntarily do things. I tell tell guys that the court possibly in your jurisdiction uh, could say that you have the potential to earn more than that if they see that you're doing a lot of voluntary actions to reduce. But COVID, you know, no one saw this coming. You know, uh, a lot of business depressed uh, through no fault of the business owner's, uh, you know, actions. So, you know, this would be a good time or any any time when you see when you see your your business in, in decline to possibly pursue this so that you have less assets on the table or, or maybe not sign that next lucrative contract um, uh, until you've uh, gotten through this divorce action. Go ahead and file, get out the way. The other side has no incentive to file while, while you're low. Some do, and we're, we're happy for it, but uh, they will definitely wait until you have rebounded and then go for half of what that rebound is. Yeah. You know, the and thing they, back, back in right after 9-11 and then we, tailspinned into a recession. I was interviewed by the Wall Street Journal and they said, you know, many of your guys, your clients can't afford to file for divorce. And my response was, they can't afford not to file. And that being that they're at the bottom. And let's, you know, judges at that point were being very receptive to the current situation rather than thinking it is a blip in the road that they would rebound because there was nothing that was telling the judges or us or anyone in the world that we were going to rebound mm -hmm. quickly and produce more jobs. So I think that's a huge opportunity, especially during COVID, is that maybe, you know, we know there are businesses, restaurants, retailers, jobs lost, not just temporarily, probably for good. And we, you know, some of this will, industries will not recover. And so if you're at the bottom, don't wait for a recovery. Uh, this may be the opportunity to strike. Uh, and so I yeah. think, you know, moving on to our, you know, kind of we're running out of time. And the last really thing is, um, how do you feel about filing first and leading first with a settlement offer? 
All right. Now, and, and, and that's one of my that's one of my fallbacks here, because sometimes, you know, in, in initial consultation, especially, um, you know, I may have a guy in there. He says, I am not going to file. It may be for religious reasons. So I always say, OK, I understand that and I respect that. Uh, but know that if you're not going to be the first one to 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 file here, then try to be the first one to to initiate a settlement proposal. All right. I tell guys, especially guys who have uh, been the breadwinner, they know the finances. As I like to say, they have not been handing the check to the wife for the last 30 years, and they know what their mortgage, you know, uh, what their note is. Uh, these guys, I say, look, we can work together with you. We can get a proposed settlement out there, begin the negotiation where we want to begin the negotiation, have a lot of provisions in there that we know, time-tested provisions that will you, you, you won't know why they're there today, but you will know in five or ten years why they're there you know why don't we begin the negotiation where we want to begin this we have a great opportunity to get through more of what we want if we do that if you wait to the other side oftentimes what will happen is uh you know you'll get a wish list and you'll hit the ceiling and you'll say i can't i can't i can't do this and but more importantly the other side your wife has probably already be convinced that that's probably what she's going to get here and we're going to spend a lot more time and energy and attorney's fees let's be honest with you uh, trying to move her off that position. So if you lead the action, if you lead the negotiation at the very minimum, um, you know, you have a great opportunity of getting more of what you want. Absolutely. Well, Jarvis, again, always thanks for uh, your input and, and your ideas and thoughts and uh, letting guys know, especially in an, an area, not just family law, but considerations outside of the law, like filing first. It's a strategy base most of the time. And, and there are things that we can do by filing first that help, as you pointed out. So appreciate your time today. Thank you. No, we'll continue to bring this to you. So tune in twice each week. You can find the remainder of our podcasts online, our YouTube channel page, as well as our social media. Continue to check our virtual town hall out. Uh, you can register for the next one coming up in October where you can log in, ask questions live of our panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys and get answers right then and right there. So continue to submit those or to register online to get to the virtual town hall. Again, you can schedule a consultation at CordellCordell.com or 866-DADS-LAW. Until next time, have a great week.